We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. Don't press the button. Are don't, you freaking recording press. right now? I am now. I wasn't a minute ago when I am now. Oh. <laughs> How long have you been doing? I'm sitting here. Press the button. Press the button. All right. So. We did another podcast that you guys are probably here next week, and we talked about starting a podcast and running into some quandaries, <laughs> <laughs> and we had to stop and kind of get our story straight. <laughs> no, I wouldn't get our story no, straight. not get our story straight, but we we sat down and we, we prepared for this podcast. We we think this is a pretty important podcast, a pretty important topic. Um, and we, 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 I think we both just kind of threw some curveballs and we were like, well, wait, 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 I think, wait. I think we both got, <laughs> got lost in the dialogue and, and had to regroup. Yeah. Yeah. So that's this podcast. You're going to hear about it on next week's podcast. Yeah. Um, isn't that weird to talk we, about? You're going to hear about this week's podcast on the next week's podcast. Right. Week's, well, yeah. yeah. It's, it, well, because I know I'm going to release this one before I release the next one. I know, one, I, so. know I know, um, Because and we're talking about antelope, and that's what's going on right now. Um, so, uh, backstory of this a bit. We've done a... God, we're in season three now. That's, of the Not a Grande Outdoors podcast. Wow. Right? Yeah. Well, uh, more than halfway through season three. Yeah. And I don't, was it season one or season two? I'm going to have to look it up. I, I still haven't looked it up. I should, I should look it up. Pretty and, sure I'll, I'll look it up. One. I'll, I'll, look, I'll look it up and I'll drop the episode. I'll, I'll tell you the episode number here in a minute. Um, but anyway, we did a podcast about um, the A+. plus. Which is antelope change that they they did uh, prior to the two thousand. They did it in twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. So it took effect season. in the 2019, 2020 season. Twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen season, right? They the the rule cycle opened, and they did the change. They Correct. made the changes in twenty eighteen that took effect in twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen, twenty twenty season, Correct. which yep. was last season. Last season, which we hunted. Yes. Um. And so. Anyway, we, well, what we talked about in that podcast was the A-plus rule and the changes that they were making to the A-plus, which is antelope um, draw hunts and basically them eradicating A-plus and the private land allocations. Correct. And they went to a straight public land draw and private land can um, hunt as many antelope as they want to on their proper, on their private property. So let me give a little bit of background here. On what the system was, if you didn't know the system, if for some reason you're not from New Mexico and don't understand, I know there's a lot of states out there that don't have. I like how you said that. If for some reason you're not from New Mexico, <laughs> it's unfathomable, but it could happen. It's without fathom. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the. There's a lot of states out there that don't really have um, a private land system for, you know, big game, things like that. We just did a podcast about the E-plus system, why we think it's a 
a val- valid system to keep mm-hmm. in place. Um, the Antelope system prior to 2019, uh, and it had been tweaked a little bit from year to year, but basically the way that it worked was if you want, if you were a private landowner, A-plus stood for Antelope Private Land Use System, mm-hmm. A-plus. Um, if you were a private landowner and you wanted to hunt pronghorn on your place without if you wanted to get tag, get to authorizations, make that very clear. Yep. It's authorizations, not tags. If you wanted to get authorizations to hunt your private land, um, then you had to sign up into the A-plus system. Um, in order to do that, you if you had any public land, or at least, I guess, uh, a huntable amount of public land on your on your ranch, um, you also had to allow private or public land draw hunters onto your ranch to hunt. That was Correct. the swap that they made. That was the, the agreement that they made. If you're going to be in the system and get private land tags and you have public land, you need to let public land hunters uh, hunt your ranch, Yep. Um, both public and private. Yep. And so the public land hunters would do the draw, and then once – if you drew a tag, then you were assigned to a ranch. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. Um, sometimes, and, sometimes you got a crappy one. Sometimes you didn't. And, and, and just well, just let me finish real yeah, quick. Real quick. Okay, go ahead. In order for a and the way that the system worked was, in order for a landowner to put in, they had to have a certain amount of yeah. property. Yeah. Uh, to meet to qualify to to meet the algorithm. Yeah. Um, for allocating tags. So that was the way that the system works. Um, you were going to mention something. Yeah, I, well, I just wanted to point out that with, as with any system, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. And I mean, this system had morphed a little bit yeah. over the years. Yeah. We're not saying it was a perfect system. We think it was a good system. There were probably some things that could have been tweaked better. I'm, you know, I don't know. It, it was a fairly good system in my point of view. Um, it, the reason one I, thing that it did do yeah. is it created a world-class antelope herd in the state. Yeah. The world record antelope was taken from New Mexico yeah. and is still the current world record. Yep. So as far as trophy and uh, opportunity, there was, there was a lot, there's a lot of antelope here. You're going to get a lot of opportunity if you hunt antelope and there's trophy class antelope yeah which is a good thing and so before i get into the reasons why it changed um i'll tell you why i think it was a good system one because um as with anything when it changed uh the landowners had some issues with it but for the most part whenever they were discussing this change going away from the a plus system in 2018 overwhelmingly the landowners at least in the northeast part of the part of the state mm-hmm. were against the change. They yeah. liked how it was because if they had public land, they knew exactly who and when someone was going to come hunt. Yep. And, yep. Uh, and so, um, that, that was one thing. Another thing was, um, it was great because it provided what us public hunters are always wanting, and that is access to these landlocked state lands or landlocked public lands. Mm-hmm. If if the and ranch, an opportunity to hunt private land at a, at, without having to pay exactly, and if so, if the landowner wanted to hunt pronghorn 
and they had public land. They had to provide free and equal access to both private land and public land hunters. Um, that being said, um, I think those two things in and of, of themselves were very beneficial with that system. Was it perfect? No, but it, it did a lot for public land hunters. Um, the reasons that it changed is there was some squawk coming out of mainly Albuquerque and some of the metro areas about, this was one of the drawbacks to the system, about not being able to draw a tag. It, it was tough to draw a tag, and it's, it, it may take you several years, five to ten years to draw a tag. But when you did draw that tag, you were 77% likely to get something. And not only that, but what you did get had the possibility of being a world-class antelope if that's the type of thing that you're into. If if you're wanting to get, you know, Boone and Crockett or, or whatever you whatever system you go by, um, you had that opportunity because um, you got assigned to a ranch and you had full reign of that ranch, or you're supposed to. Yep. Anyways, that's the reason it changed was because there was a lot of squawk about not being able to draw a tag. And so the change, uh, and when this when this happened, I was very much against the change. Um, I got what I would consider some fairly superficial answers to some of my questions about the change. Um, when I asked, th- their, biggest, their biggest talk was about how the system worked in part of the state but didn't work in the other part of the state and that was uh that was in the southeast it didn't work very well where they had large tracts of public land but i'm not sure so so sure why i'm not sure why those big tracts of public land weren't being signed up as public land ranches like the big tracts of public land were in the northeast um and that was part of that was part of the deal if you had publicly accessible public land and the private landowners didn't want to sign it up if there was public access, the department was supposed to sign it up as a public land ranch and assign hunters to it. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't, for some reason, I don't know why, it wasn't working in the southeast. And the other thing that they were talking about was these very small ranches. There was there was a bunch of small landowners who couldn't qualify for the system because their acreage was too small. Yeah. My argument was, well, why not just change the algorithm algorithm and change the qualifying ranches so that it works rather yeah. than scrap the entire system? Yeah, or, or even just – I mean, you could have even just added two. You could have added some component for them. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm sure the logistics of all that was a tough thing to meet. Um, yeah. You know, but one of our big, our, our big sticking points with that entire thing was – when when they did that, they're creating an opportunity for private landowners to sell as many of those opportunities as they want. So, yeah. So, that's what it changed, too. Yeah. So, uh, up until that point, the department had full full control over the tags and the, and the allocation of... of um, the number of tags being how sold many, on private yeah, land. The number of tags being sold on private land. What they went to was a straight over-the-counter for private land, yep. and they tripled 
the pretty, pretty much the same system that we have for deer. Per, is yeah, what exactly. They went to. That's what they uh, went. Almost, to. Yeah, they pretty much tripled the public land tags and went over the counter for private land. Um, well, no, hold on. They tripled the public land in tags. certain places. Well, yeah, maybe in certain in certain units, but yeah. and and yeah, and we'll look at those numbers. Right. You know, we we have those Sorry. numbers. So l- let me backtrack. No, I won't say triple. I'll say they they were going to significantly increase yes. the opportunity, which, which the number of tags on public land, which yes. they did. And so that was the system that they changed it to. The, yeah. That's the current. It's not really even an A-plus system because it's completely. It's, yeah, it's public land. Antelope draw there's, and over-the-counter private. There's a component within the current system where if you're going to do habitat work, you can get authorizations outside of yes. the public hunt. Um, yes. But the, the number of landowners that are actually doing that are very small. Yeah. So that's the current system. Yeah. Um, so really what we wanted to do was look at the numbers. Yeah. Because yeah. whenever this first happened, Kind of explain what your some of your thoughts and some of your concerns were. Yeah, so um, th- that was my main concern was that all right, ranches that the, the hunting is part of their income. Mm-hmm. Okay, they for the most part, not all of them, but for the most part, they're going to care. Okay. They're they're selling those tags, and it's a part of their income, and they're dependent on it. So it makes a difference for them to have a quality experience. Yeah. Um, whether that's trophy or um, high opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, you know, so big animals or lots of animals. Yeah. Okay? It makes a difference to them, and so they're going to manage it, and in a lot of cases maybe even better than the state because they care. Yeah. But there's a lot of ranches or or some number of ranches that are cattle ranches. They don't necessarily look for the hunting as a a source of income Mm -hmm. and they want to get rid of the antelope and therefore they're going to sell as many as they can. Yeah. Now the antelope are competing with the cattle. A lot of people will say, well, who cares? They're on private land. Okay. But as we know, these herds move. Yeah. And if you drive numbers down on their property, and there's a lot of antelope on public adjacent, they're going to move, especially because you've got hunters on public land, mm-hmm. and they're going to push those antelope that's on the public land onto the private. And that guy's just going to bring in more hunters, and they're going to drive down numbers. That's That's been my major concern. The other concern is we have a very good, like I mentioned earlier, trophy herd. And I didn't want to see that decimated. Um, so those were my two main concerns right there. Yeah. Um, and and th- th- the way that is done is by now we're not managing animals on private land. Yeah. Now, to, to be very clear, uh, Rodney and I have talked about on this podcast how um, – you know our our trophy our trophy case is is the freezer yes um 
it doesn't mean that man if you have a chance at a at a world class animal that you're not going to take that take that chance oh no um, absolutely not and when you look at uh one of the one of the big economic booms in New Mexico is, is tourism and mm-hmm. part of that is you know, people coming from all over the world to hunt. A large part of that. Yeah, to uh, hunt uh, these world-class animals. Yeah. And so that's, um, when you look at the numbers, that that's one of the fears is, uh, and I guess we'll talk about that whenever we get into the numbers, but that's one of the fears is that you're going to lose that. Yeah. And we'll tell you why. Um, so where do you want to start? Um, well, well, so... Basically, what happened? It, we've talked about how all of this runs on a four-year cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So the four-year antelope rule was up. They made the change to A plus. It's going to be that way for four years. Yep. They can step in at any time and make changes. But for the most part, in general, it's a four-year cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're typically reactive instead of proactive. So this four-year cycle is going to play itself out. If there's any drastic unintended consequences, they'll change something at the end of this four years. There's no doubt. Yeah. Um, but a lot can happen in four years, especially with antelope. Yeah. Antelope are something that can have, you know, climate, weather, all of these things can have great effect on yeah. the antelope herd. Fawn, so, fawn recruitment in antelope is highly yeah. susceptible to drought yeah. and coyote populations. And adult populations are highly susceptible to, like, Bad winters will kill a kill yeah. population pretty yeah. quick. So, um, so basically, it's something that we're going to want to follow each year. Yeah, uh, f- throughout this cycle, right? Yep. Um, we believe in educating ourselves, looking at the numbers, and, and, and we learned some stuff looking at these numbers. Sure. Um, so what we did is we pulled the uh, 2018 19 harvest report. Yep. And then the 2019 20 harvest report. Yep. 2018-19 was the last year of the old system. 1920 is the first year of the new system. Um, and so the first thing that I wanted to look at was number of antelope tags sold. Yep. So Kyle, give us 2018 So the 2018-2019 season, total number of pronghorn licenses that were sold was 4,733. And then the 20, um, 1920. So, again, reminding you, 2018 was under the old system. 2019 was the, the data for the new, well, technically that data comes out a year late. So, 2017 was the old system. 2018 would have been the f- first. No. no. That's no, right. I, I, no, absolutely. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. 1819, that was the, for that license year. Right, right, right. These, gotcha, those gotcha, were gotcha. the numbers, 4,000. Because uh, we got the 2019 numbers this year. Yes. So, uh, sorry. Um, 2018 under the old system, 2019 under the new system. Um, 4,733 for 1819. Yep. Total for 2019, 2020 was 6,063. Yeah. So, about 1,300, 1,400 more tags sold. Yep. The crazy thing about that is the heart, the, the, the harvest rate, the success rate for antelope in the 1819 season was 78%. Yep. So 78% of the people that went hunting for antelope got an antelope. Mm-hmm. 77%, just 1% less 
for antelope in 2019-20 harvested. Yep. So over 1,000 more antelope were killed. Yeah. Across the state. And this is actually something that's surprising to me, and maybe it shouldn't be, but I, I had I expected the the harvest rate to drop based on um based on you know they were basing it off of the deer system and the deer mm-hmm. system the harvest rate statewide is like 33%. Yeah. And so I expected it to drop somewhere into the 50s and then as we went through time go further down from that. Yeah. Um maybe it will that's why we well, just, we just, we want to we want to make sure you know this is this is one data point we can't yeah, really year. We'll build a, we can't really it. build a trend yeah. without multiple data points yeah. uh, but again that was one of the fears yes is that one of my fears is that this is what's going to happen yeah and yeah it is going to go down because there's going to be less and less antelope each year yeah. now and we'll talk about this in a little bit but that may be the the goal of the department yeah. is to drastically drop the herd. Well, and I think that was one of the goals of the department was to yeah. go ahead and harvest more antelope, yeah. um, which they did. They got so, that. Like you and talked about. The vast majority of those are bucks. 77% of, of 6,063 equated to a thousand, basically 1,000 more animals mm-hmm. killed. When you look at the numbers of what was this, killed, this is the, the bucks versus the does, um, that in almost a hundred percent of that that thousand more that were were harvested were bucks were bucks yeah in twenty eighteen there was some uh, if um, I remember right two hundred eighty one does harvested yep in twenty nineteen yep two hundred and eighty four yeah or so two hundred eighty six two hundred eighty six were harvested so basically the same number basically statistically the same number. And we're talking across private and public land here. These are total numbers. Yep. But we also have, we also have the private land increase. Yes. And so, so here's here's something that me and Kyle learned. Okay. And I'm going to take a stab at this, Kyle, and then you can go ahead and clean it up. Okay. All right. The way that the proclamation read. Okay. If you look at the proclamation for 2018-19, if you added up all of the public draw permits is permits that you were applying for yeah okay those numbers indicate if all eligible ranchers sign up yes so there was something like 2000 so in 2018 2019 the up to number yes um had every eligible ranch signed up the up to number was 2279 licenses yeah that could have been allocated. Yeah, but not all those ranches signed up. They did not. So the the number of licenses that they gave was 1996. 1996. 1996. So fully that's, that's 18 almost nine, fully almost 300 almost 300 licenses. Almost 300 licenses yeah. less. So so now fast forward to 20. 1920. Yep. All right. So so 2019 2020 um two numbers that I was interested in was how many more private land tags were sold yep and that was 800 so yeah so the proc in 2019 2020 accounted for 2423 
when you look at the two proclamations, yeah. now, now let me go yeah. through this real quick. Yeah, yeah, I know where you, you, you get that. When you look at the two proclamations, that's only a couple of hundred more, maybe a you know, hundred and something. Yeah. Uh, hundred and, I don't, I'm not even going to go 144. for 144. 154. 154. 144. We miscalculated on that one by 10. Okay. There's 144. So. They allocated 144 more tags in, the in 2019 yeah, proclamation versus uh, 1819. Yep. Um, but, but what it didn't account for. Yeah. What it didn't account for was the all of those tags were given out. Yeah. The 1996 yes. in 2018. Only 1990. Only 1996 were given out. Yes. On the public side because all the ranchers didn't sign up yes. in 2020. The full amount was the given full out. amount and more because it was all public. Plus the round plus one hundred and forty because two plus one hundred and forty four. Yeah, two thousand five hundred and two were given out on the public side versus the twenty four twenty three. So they had the roundup also. Um, what that equated to was across the two years on public land, there were five hundred and six more licenses. Yeah sold than in 2018. Yeah, and and so just so you all know, the reason that that was is because, one, they added 144 tags. Mm -hmm. Part of that, part of the whole thing was we want more opportunity for public land hunters. So they added 144 tags. Yep. The other reason for the increase is in the last year of the old system, it was based on ranches signing up. Yep. And they didn't meet all of the ranches signing up. So not all of the ranches signed up. So there was not a full uh, complement of the public land tax. Yeah. But in the first year of the new system, because it's simply public land, 100% of those tags were given out. Correct. So you end up with 506 more tax. Now, that's not a bad thing because we, we are advocates of public land opportunity. Yeah. Okay. So that's not a bad thing. We just question, what's the effect on the herd? Because that's the most important thing to us, is the viability viability of this herd for us and the future. So let me, let me, um, let me say here, though, we say it's, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing for, oppor- to, yeah, for it, opportunity. Yeah. Well, here's the problem, though, is the land mass over which those licenses could be hunted shrinked. Yes, sh- was shrunk yeah. significantly because now you can only hunt public land. accessible public accessible land. public accessible land. and there's land. a lot especially in that northeast corner yeah. there's a lot of public land that you not cannot get to Correct. so you 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 made the and, and when I say it's not a bad thing what I mean is if the herds can handle it yeah that's what I mean if it you know having more opportunity is not a bad thing if the herds can handle that increased so harvest. what you have now, you have that five hundred seventy seven percent. Yeah. So what you have now is you have a an increase of five hundred and six tags on public land on less landscape with the same harvest rate, obviously gonna take more animals. What you also have is on the private land. Mm-hmm. Now those small ranches are able to yes. sign up because they there's no criteria to meet and those licenses... They don't even have to sign up. They just go down to Walmart and buy a tag. Yeah, it's a written permission. Those licenses increased by 824. Yes. 
And so that you've was the increased number. pressure across the landscape. Yeah, yeah almost 1,400 more tax. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was the number that I was really scared of. Yeah. That was the number that I was concerned with, the number that I was thinking, you know, if that number gets too big. And, and the hard part is, like you said, the success rate didn't go down. Mm-hmm. Because those animals are out there right now. There's plenty of them. And, I, I mean, we have the break. The harvest report shows the numbers per unit, okay? We're just giving you the total state numbers. We're not going to go through every single unit here. But, <clears throat> you know, across the state, 1,400 extra tags is a large number, mm-hmm. all right? The population in New Mexico, as of January 2020, according to the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish, is somewhere between forty and 45,000. Yep. Now, I don't know if that's large, what they expect, if they want it to be smaller. We'll, we'll, again, we'll get into what the department thinks here in a little bit. <clears throat> but that's the current population, forty to 45,000. We just reduced that by 1,000 more than we used to. Yep. If those numbers continue for the next three years... By the end of this four-year process, we're going to have taken, you know, somewhere between four and 5,000 extra antelope. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a biologist, so I don't, I don't know if that's good or bad. Maybe that's what they're intending. Maybe that's what they're hoping for. Maybe they were thinking, let's knock this herd back by about 5,000. Yeah. So, I mean, we could get to the end of this four-year cycle, and they could say, yeah, we didn't kill enough antelope. And them increase tax. Yeah. You know, I don't know what their goal is. Yeah. But we've something we talked about earlier tonight, which will be on the next podcast, is um, being reactive. Yep. You know, uh, and I don't want them to have to react at the end of this four-year cycle by reducing hunter opportunity on public land. Right. And that's a fear because right my, now, my right biggest, now it's over my, the counter on private. My biggest they can problem. Do what they want. My biggest problem with seeing these numbers is if if that was their intent. Let's mm-hmm. let's just go forward with the idea that that was their intent. They wanted to because that's kind of what they said. They want they wanted to take more antelope. Yep. And they said they couldn't do that under the old system. My biggest question was why? Why could you not? Have issued more licenses under the old system to accomplish, tax, yeah. to accomplish the same to accomplish the same mm-hmm. goal. Um, I don't know. Well, and this is so. There may be some people out there that kind of view us as public as, as private land advocates. Yeah. But to me, that those eight hundred tags, it, a lot of those could have been public tags if that's the goal. But but here's and take so more animals. and so here's the other thing though, if they wanted, uh, th- this is where I just not knowing what the intent the I mean what the true intent was is is hindering me. Yeah, if they're wanting to reduce the population, um, this is not the way to do it because taking a thousand extra bucks doesn't reduce your population. Taking does does. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is they're going to have a hard time selling that to landowners because doe tags don't sell. Yeah. Bug tags sell. Yeah. Doe tags don't sell. Well, and, and and we had a system where we were managing on on private land. So and that's maybe, my biggest maybe, problem maybe is the they, non-management. Yeah. Maybe they couldn't sell 
more tags on private land. Maybe they couldn't sell that idea. You know, I don't know. Uh, we should try, you know, and I think in the future we will try and get a biologist to get some answers. I mean, we get three more years of this four-year cycle. Yeah. Um, well, two more years because this is the second year of it. But during that time, we will get a, a biologist, you know, um, on here and, and, and maybe get to talk about that some. But y'all guys who are podcast about uh, game cameras next week, and one of the things that we talked about is um, being cautious. Yeah. Not taking too much of a jump forward. And that, this is such a huge change. And these numbers reflect such a huge leap yeah. that it just makes me nervous. Right. Um, I am a person that has some pretty good faith in the department. That doesn't mean that I just trust them completely and I'm not going to question any of their actions. Um, I do have faith in the department. Um, I do have faith in what uh, – in, in in them and the fact that I believe that they have public land hunters' interests – in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, but it, it just makes me nervous. Yeah. Seeing all those extra tags and uh, at that success rate um, go out just makes me nervous. And I think like, um, I don't think I'm at the same level as you, as far as the nervousness based on numbers. I think, I think the population is stable enough and increasing enough that, that, that's probably what their intention was to go mm-hmm. ahead and take more animals. The biggest problem that I have with the change um, was the loss of that hands-on management on yeah. uh, uh, of the herd, um, and the fact that you know the landowners were completely okay with it. Um, and and bigger than that was the loss of the loss of the ability of the public hunters to access not only the public land, but land be able well. to hunt um, all the landscape. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know. Yeah. And with with the herd numbers, I'm, I'm not overly, I'm, I'm not overly concerned yeah. about, you know, the herd being decimated. I mean, we, there's, a you know, 40 to 45,000 across the state. That's a pretty good herd. Mm-hmm. Um, we know where most of those are. Yeah. Um, but... What makes me nervous about it is just the huge change all at once. Yes. You know, um, the most concerning thing about it was exactly that, losing all management on private land. Yeah. Now, one thing that we know across a lot of things, across politics, you know, uh, policies at work, uh, all kinds of things, is once you lose something, it is very hard to get it back. Mm -hmm. We had an... A plus system that that granted management opportunity for the state on private land. Yeah, we gave that up. Mm-hmm. Can we ever get it back? Are we ever going to be able to go up to a landowner, especially if last year they made fifteen thousand more selling antelope tags than they ever have? Yeah, it's it's just yes, they were agreeable to it before. But if they made a ton of money now in 10 years, if the antelope herd crashes and they're like, yeah, we can't sell antelope tags because we can't find any antelope and nobody will buy a tag. Then at that point, yeah, they might be willing to change. But is it too late? Did we already crash the herd? Yeah. You know, I mean, we had something. We gave it up. Yep. How do we get it back? 
uh, and if we can, who knows? I yeah. mean, uh, again, it's, it's going to be it's, it's going to be very unknown. It's a big change. It's going to be very interesting. Um, it's going to be very interesting tracking these numbers. I I'm still very firm in the belief that two things are going to happen to our herd, um, our herds across the state. <clears throat> One, our success rate is going to continue to go down, mm-hmm. and I will guarantee you that the people who were complaining about not being able to draw a tag are going to be the first to complain that they can't find an antelope on public land. Yep. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Second thing that's going to happen is... They're also going to end up complaining about not being able to draw a tag again because if the elk population goes down, if it goes down... You're talking about... Tag numbers are going to go down. Antelope. Antelope, yes. Yes. Um, That, but the other thing that's going to happen without fail is... um, the the herd health and and the buck ratio and the um, quality number, of number animals of quality animals is going to go down um, without a doubt it's going to go down because the numbers show that that thousand that thousand extra animals that was harvested all bucks I an, a buck antelope becomes uh, basically mature and ready to harvest at the biggest that they're going to be two three years old yep. once they become four years old five years old they start to go downhill um and so if we continue to harvest at the rate that we're harvesting which i don't think we will because it'll start to go down but um it's, those numbers show that yeah really what you're going to have left is you're going to have young bucks and if those if those success rates go down it's going to be because of one of two or both because population's going down mm-hmm. and the number of big bucks is going down. Yep. That's what's going to happen. Yep. Um, it, it, yeah. I mean, you know, for the next couple of years, we're going to keep an eye on this. You know, we've got, we've got uh, a couple more years of data that's going to come out. Um, on social media, it, it's, it's a recurring theme right now. Um, there is tons of pictures of good quality bucks on social media. Yeah. And on a lot of those posts, you have the same comment. There sure are a lot of pictures of really good bucks being taken. Yeah. It was, it was the same last year and now it's again, the same this year. Uh, You're already starting to hear people talk about not seeing as many antelope not seeing as many good bucks mm-hmm. we're in barely into the second year yep. we're just a, 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 we're, we're a few weeks into the season of the second year and you're already st- starting to see those comments um and if that continues then that's what everybody's going to say is the department botched this <laughs> you know um i fought it i went to the meetings i i i you know, I sent letters to the commissioners, you know, I, I commented, I did what I could. Um, because these, the first year's data shows exactly what I was afraid was going to happen. Yeah. Now, again, you've had some conversations with some people. Um, and so you kind of have a little bit of insight as to some of the things that they're thinking. And, and you've kind of mentioned it, you know, uh, that, that you do believe that, numbers was something that they wanted more antelope taken. Yeah. You know, so expand on that a little bit. Um, 
Yeah. So when it was first proposed, that was you know that was what they were saying. They weren't they weren't getting enough um, enough bucks killed. Yeah. Um. I've already mentioned it, but I didn't see I didn't see why they needed to scrap the entire system just adjust it. Uh, because the loss of the management was was the hardest part for me, and the loss of and the loss of the access. But um, department, I guess, in having conversations with with some folks in the department, the department um, basically is felt that this was going to be the easiest way to. That, that the herd was at at a point where they didn't need to um, basically didn't need to manage them. Yeah. Um, basically, didn't it, need to manage it heavily. Correct. Yeah. Um, and so basically, the the thought process is all the numbers will work themselves out. <sighs> Who knows? And if that's true, you know, I mean, we could be a hundred percent wrong about. We could this. be. You know, could I, this this could settle down. Yeah. These, you know, your success rate could go down, and and maybe the population goes down just a little bit. But maybe, maybe it creates a an environment out there where you have better bucks breeding, more does, and a, a great healthy herd. I mean, we have a, a supremely healthy elk herd. Yeah. You know, um, you know, so maybe we maybe we have reached it, and and we've got a world class antelope herd. And this is the end goal to where they can increase tags, let private land hunters do what they want, and it's not going to have an adverse effect over a four-year period that they can't correct with some changes at the time. Maybe. that's the, the, I don't the thing, believe that. The things that worry me are, and again, it's one data point, and we're going to keep an eye on it, but things that worry me is where those numbers stand. If yeah. you're looking to reduce population, there's not any more does being taken than there were before. Mm-hmm. And so naturally what's going to happen is you're going to throw off that quality component of bucks being killed. Possibly. Uh, likely. Yeah. Yeah. If the numbers continue to stay that way. Um, it took a thousand more bucks. A thousand more bucks. Across the state. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. Um, you know, next year we'll see the numbers for this year. And if that number is the same, you know, if it didn't drop any then I'm going to be twice as nervous. But <laughs> but that's that's basically where I'm at. You know, I fought the change. They made the change anyway. We have the system that we have and that's all we can work with. Yeah. Um and I think it's, you know, it's, we may get we may get pushback on this. I think there's probably a bunch of people out there who are probably pretty happy with the 77% change. of the 1000 extra buck takers pretty, are pretty happy. happy. Yeah. You know, I just don't think it's I don't think it's going to last. I think it was a I yeah. think it was a sh- a short sighted move to scrap the entire system. Yeah. That was that's my my opinion. I agree, I agree. And one maybe one good thing of coming about this is you know we we done our own podcast about the E plus system mm-hmm. and how we definitely don't want them messing with the with the um, trying to take away. The entire, scrap the, the entire yeah, system. Yeah, scrap the E-plus system. You know, if this botches, they're probably not going to make, hopefully won't make drastic changes to the E-plus. They'll probably, we would hope, say, okay, let's make smaller changes over a period as opposed to just doing this drastic big change. Well, and so here's, um, here's another point that I want to make that 
I've been thinking about for some time. Um, if you look at the history of the department, and I've got quite a few of the old New Mexico magazines, and the cycle of management within the department, um, I, I guess you sh- should say the, the management of the department and how things are done is is pretty cyclical. Yeah. Um, power and decision-making gets consolidated in Santa Fe, and then somebody comes along and says, well, this is stupid. It's such a diverse state. The management should be determined by the four different regions. Um, that was the way it was whenever I hired on 10 years ago. Yeah. Each each region, and it wasn't perfect. It, it had its, its issues, but each region kind of was its own little uh, – for lack of a better word, fiefdom, and the captain made the decisions and, and such and such. Um, I think there's a happy medium there. But right now, it's in that mode of, I think, we're almost at the pinnacle of that cycle of everything is being consolidated to Santa Fe, yeah. and everything is being run statewide the same exact way. And I don't think that's the way to go because... You look at yeah. the, the diverse state that we have. What's good for the northeast corner is not what's good for the southeast corner. Exactly. It's two completely different herds with two completely different land sets with two completely different public to private ratios. Yeah. You know, and, and so trying to manage them the same way, it it just physically can't work. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're different. Yeah. And so, I mean, it can work, but it's not the most efficient or... Um, best you know for i guess you could say the wildlife yeah you're you're basically hoping that you reach a medium yeah uh, but it does have effects on on smaller population scales that that are unintended i think it's going to swing the other way i think you're gonna here in another 10 years you're gonna see most of those management decisions being made um at the area level. Yeah. Well, there's... Having said that, it it makes it more difficult because, again, now you've got the pros to having a statewide system that is run exact, as the exact same way is you can go anywhere in the state and the rules are the same. And it makes them fairly simple. Uh, the drawback is it's, it's not area-specific, and so you may have unintended consequences for specific area populations. Uh, the pro, you know, you talk about the pros of having the area do it. Um, it's very specific. You can get in-depth and you can be really specific yeah. about the management that you're doing in that area. The cons are it creates more rules to have to wade through. Yeah. Well, it, there's... So it's, nothing's perfect. No, nothing is perfect. And there's also, and not to get into politics, but there's also a little bit of a political component to this mm-hmm. because you have... Um, a governor-appointed board, mm-hmm. you know, commission. Mm-hmm. And so that changes, that changes. you know. Um, it's another – I like things that move slowly, mm-hmm. that change slowly over time. I don't like drastic moves. It's another reason that I was as a, uh, was so opposed to it because it was a very drastic change. Yeah. Um, it, but, but you have that political opponent. You know, when you, when you get a new governor and they appoint new people – then the those people have a different yeah. view and oh, yeah. a different a different view on how things should be run, be it centrally in Santa Fe or by region or anything like that. So you run into those things. Um, we've got a couple more years, again, to, to watch this data. 
And I think that's something to maybe for the listeners to take away from from this podcast. We it's our podcast. It's our opinions. We can tell you all all what we want or what we think. Um, you do need to do your own research. Don't just count on us. Um, I I can tell you the research we do is in with the best intentions, without any um, type of agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just trying to get the information out there, but I encourage you to do your own research. Go look at the at the harvest report and see what the numbers tell you. Yeah. Um, but the the one thing I guess I can I I would like to leave our listeners with is the court of social media <laughs> tends to oversimplify these problems and they tend to say, oh, if they would just do this, then it would fix it. There's so many complex decisions and intermingled issues with every one of these changes. Um, it's just not that simple. No. No. And, and again, and again, you know, broken record, large changes like this, man, it's hard to wrap your, your head around all of the aspects of, of what can happen. Right. You know, and there's always, it don't, I don't care if it's a small change, a large change, there's always unintended consequences. Yeah. You know, in any kind of change, uh, there's going to be something always that happens something that unforeseen. you didn't foresee. Always. And, and... So to me, a large change like this, and and this is, to me, it's almost it's a good thing in the sense that we can also take uh, mention it, or we can take this and 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 we can use it for groundwork on the E plus system, mm-hmm. you know, because that system is going to come up here in a couple of years, and we know that there's people wanting to to make some drastic changes to it, um, and we can look at this and we can look at the number sets and say, hold on, let's not. Let's not run 500 yards down the down the field. Let's let's just go 100, mm-hmm. and then see what that does. Yeah, you know, um, we talk about being proactive rather than reactive, but you can't you can't overdo it. Yeah, you know, you, you've you've got to you've got to keep an eye on now as well as the future. You know, it, it's not just about this. This antelope herd is not just about us. It's about the future. It's yeah. about our kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids. <clears throat> Yeah, we just have to avoid. You have to avoid knee-jerk reactions. Yeah, um, you use adaptive management practices, um, a little bit at a time. Try it, see if it works. If it doesn't, scrap it and try something else. Um, it's just the large-scale knee-jerk reactions that that really have the potential to cause some major harm to the resource. Yeah, and even for us. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I'm not happy with the system, but it is the system that we have now. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I'm going to give it a fair shot. Yeah. I'm going to keep an eye on the numbers. And, and then at the end of the four-year cycle, when change comes up again and they have the public talks, we can walk in and we can say, hey, you know, and look, that, what, look what you did. And that's, I mean, that's really, I think, what has done us so much good. Mm-hmm. Um, in starting this podcast, it's made us look at this. Oh, yeah. Because before I would have gone in and, you know, probably been like every other, sh- you know, schmo and said, well, I don't like this because this is the way it's always been. And uh, trust me, I'm the first one to tell you I hate when people give me that answer about oh, yeah. this is the way it's always been. Um, but that's why we say educate yourself because we can keep track of this. And mm-hmm. when we go in next time, we can say, look what, 
look what we got. Yeah. The, this is this is the numbers tell this. Yeah. Tell this and, story. And that's another thing too. You know, like, so I'm from the southern part of the state. You're from the northern part of the state, right? Mm-hmm. So that's two completely different perspectives. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we just covered that. What you, you know, I look at. I look at the antelope down here, and I say, you know what? I'm just now starting to see antelope in a few places mm-hmm. around here. But now all of a sudden, private landowners can shoot as many of those antelope as they want. I'm like, wait, just, you know, if you wait five years, some of those antelope are going to be on this public land right here. Yeah. And I might have an actual chance of going to hunt them. Yeah. Where up north, they're freaking ants. <laughs> right? Exactly. And we had that conversation. So I'd go up to visit you up north, and I'd be like, look at the antelope, look at the antelope. And you're like, damn antelope, all over the roads, I hate them. You know, I, I couldn't even talk you into going hunting them because they were everywhere. Well, mistake on my part. There right? was so much fun. Well, yeah, there's so much fun to hunt. You're right. But, the, but yeah, the, the perspective, the perspective you know, is totally different. And, and a lot of people do that. They, they, I did it. Yeah. I'm not even going to blame people. I did that. I had a very narrow-minded view of my area. Yeah. But it's a whole state. Yeah. And I don't think that they should manage the whole state the way, the same way, but... I also have to take into account that my sh- little narrow bubble down here doesn't encompass the whole state. That's often what what the pitfalls are, mm-hmm. is we tend to get stuck in our own little yep. bubble, our own perception, and not take into account yep. the many other factors. Like I said before, each of these decisions is so complex with so many intermingled mm-hmm. um, issues. Uh, it's impossible to foresee everything. Um and we said at the beginning of this podcast, we'll say it again going out. Um, this is one data point. This is a comparison of the old system to the new system with the data that we have for one year. For one year. We will continue to keep an eye on this. Um, this is just our viewpoint based on what we're seeing in the numbers. It, it's going to be a fun thing. Uh, it, it really is because we're going to keep a close eye on this throughout the four-year cycle. And... I've never followed uh, the hunting rules and stuff like that through a cycle like this. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, we've said it a thousand times since we started this podcast. I've learned more about hunting since I started this <laughs> podcast than I learned in the previous 30 years. Yeah. Um, which is good. Yeah. You know, guys, if you really want to learn some hunting stuff, go start a podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to do all this research and you're you're forced to and because you don't want to get on here and just sound like an idiot. Well, I guess you don't have to. No, you don't but have to. But we don't want to sound like yeah. idiots. So we do um, some very we do some very important work to make sure that we give you guys correct information. Yeah. As we know it. Yeah. And and, and so all the, all the numbers that we got straight off the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish website, the harvest reports, you can go pull that information. You can probably get that out, information off of Onyx and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know because I don't pay for Onyx. Um, but it's going to be an interesting uh, path to, to, to follow this and then to see what changes are made in the next cycle. Yeah. Um, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, man, it's uh, it's it's just interesting what you learn. I mm-hmm. hope you, I hope you guys are are enjoying this and and are getting some out, something out of it. We sure are. 
um, I think it's really beneficial to have that information out there yeah. in a consumable manner um, that uh, you don't have to work terribly hard for. We we did the work for you. Again, encourage you to do your own research, but hope that you hope that you're finding the content valuable. And if you go out there and you dig into your own research and you find, man, I'm getting attacked by books, and you find something that we made a mistake on, give us a holler. Sure. Yeah. We let us. We let don't want to be ignorant. Yeah. Let us know. Um, we are okay with that. Yep. Absolutely. And congratulations to everybody who's getting a harvest one. I'm jealous. Wanted to hunt one this year. But, all all uh, 1,000 of you. All 1,000 of you. <laughs> Thanks all for joining, guys. Talk together. Talk to you later. Adios. Adios. Thanks for joining Not a Grande Outdoors podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.